Hello, you're listening to the No Fucks Given podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Knight, author of the No Fucks Given Guides, a series of self-help books for people like me who hate being told what to do. Just like the books, the podcast is fun, sweary, and full of tips and techniques for giving fewer, better fucks and living your best life. Let's get to it. First, and as always, welcome and thank you for listening. This is episode 19 of the No Fucks Given podcast, and it is called How to Be a Fucking Adult. I figured this topic was good for graduation season, which is upon us, but also just for anybody out there who is trying and maybe failing a little bit or a lot at this whole adulting thing um, and could use a few extra tips about getting your shit together, which is kind of my specialty. Now, in previous episodes of the podcast, I have already covered goal setting, I have covered time management, uh, I've covered inbox management. So today I want to work on some additional aspects of adulting. Uh, As I said, this is good for those who are just kind of finding their way out into the world and those who need a refresher course in getting your shit together. You know, as an adult, you got to be able to budget. You have to set up online bill pay. You got to renew your passport. You should really stop paying late fees. You should really start writing thank you notes. Uh, It's a lot, but it is all doable if you have your shit together. So today I am going to give specific practical tips on entering the workforce and or staying there, preferably on an upward trajectory. And I'm going to give some good advice on pursuing standard life goals, like having a nice home. Uh, enabling and enjoying your downtime and making time for creative pursuits, if that's your thing, and just generally getting shit done, but also knowing your limits. Uh, And finally, I will give examples of five curveballs that life might throw at you and how to get your shit together to deal with them. Again, this works for newly minted adults and the rest of us alike. And as always, listen to the end for your NFG tip of the week. This one is important. And before I get rolling, just a quick reminder that you can always visit my website, nofucksgivenguides.com, for more info on my books, my journals, for the show notes to this podcast, and links to downloads of anything that I might mention on here. Coming up, we are going to start with how to be a fucking adult in the working world. And I am going to be speaking in generalizations here uh, because I want this advice to be universal and I want it to be applicable for anybody who's out there getting their first job, no matter what it is or where it is, uh, and also anybody who is out there already working and looking to move up the ladder, uh, change course, you know, just have a better relationship with their boss or maybe with their own underlings. Um But one thing is sure, no matter what job you get or you have, there are going to be people that you are going to have to impress to keep it uh, and to get better jobs along the way. So my first tip for today and how to be a fucking adult in the workplace is to engage in confidence cosplay. If confidence is not uh, something that you are already filled with, there are ways to get there and there are ways to fake it. And basically, confidence cosplay is looking around you at the other people you work with and thinking, who looks like they have their shit together? And then what makes you think that they have their shit together? Is it because they, you know, speak really articulately in meetings? Is it because 
they just don't have taco grease on their pants. Uh, you know, what is it about these people that makes you think, you know what, they really got their shit together. And then the next thing to ask yourself is, how can you mimic that? How can you look like that? How can you act like that? What ways do you think you can adjust your behavior or your patterns or your habits or your skill set to mimic those people? So for anybody who is just getting their start in the working world and maybe feeling a little bit out of their depth or anybody who feels like, you know, they just haven't quite gotten in the groove yet uh, in their workplace environment, I recommend engaging in some confidence cosplay. And then, of course, once you are comfortable in your job, you might start to think about moving up in the world, uh, getting a better job, getting a promotion, or getting a different position. And this is where I'm going to give you a twist on some advice that any business coach uh, might tell you. They'd always tell you, ask for what you want. Be direct, you know, and I got no problem with that. I think that's great advice. But I take it a step further, and I am telling you that a great clear, efficient shortcut is to ask your boss or, you know, maybe your clients, literally, what do I have to do to get you to give me what I want? So you're not just saying, here is what I want. You are saying, I would like you to please set the expectations that I can then meet or exceed so that I can have what I want. Setting clear expectations is one of my favorite things to do in life. I like to do it for other people, and I really appreciate it when they do it for me. But if you do this in the working world, you are taking the mystery out of this shit. You know, you are being actually the the more efficient employee, the smarter, think ahead, strategic uh, person I'd want to have on my team by not just asking for what you want, but asking, what do I have to do to get you to give me what I want? And just to expand on this idea a little bit, you know, it works for underlings who are waiting around looking for a sign, maybe, for what their boss wants from them. You know, and I I was there. I I spent a lot of time as a new hire uh, trying to get the lay of the land and maybe being a little bit too timid to speak up, not only about what I wanted, but to ask what the expectations were for me. And once I realized that I could do that, things got much better for me and came into clearer focus. Uh, You know, I spent an entire year, my first year as an editorial assistant at a big New York City publishing house, just assuming that at the end of one year, I would get promoted from editorial assistant to assistant editor. I just thought that's how it worked. And I did my job to the best of my abilities. Uh, I did a fucking banging job, frankly. And I was so shocked when my one-year anniversary came up and I did not automatically get a promotion. And that shock was catalyzing. I was really bent out of shape about that. And I was also just sort of sad and despairing. So I had to have a conversation with my boss, which seemed scary at the time. But I had to go to him and say, I don't understand why I didn't get promoted. I thought that was, you know, what was going to happen. What do I have to do? Uh, to get this promotion. And in some ways, that also means what do I have to understand about how this industry works? You know, the answer could be, as it turns out, promotions are not automatically handed out after a year, Sarah. So you would do well to understand this and manage your own expectations for what this career trajectory is likely to look like. 
And, you know, unless you work for Scott Rudin or something, I think your boss is really going to appreciate this realistic outlook and you setting expectations for yourself and for them. But this also works if you are already a boss. Uh, If you don't pay attention to what your uh, assistants and employees need from you until they give notice and leave you in the lurch because they've gone off to get a different job, then you're going to be shit out of luck. So it wouldn't hurt for you to go to them every once in a while and say, what do I need to give you in order for you to give me what I want? You know, this relationship uh, is a two-way street. It works both ways. And I think it's just really a useful way to take, as I said, that asking for what you want and just twisting it up a little bit to say, what do I have to do to get you to give me what I want? And this is all kind of tied into gist theory, get your shit together theory, uh, which I talk about all the time on the podcast, strategize, focus, commit. In this case, you are asking for somebody else to give you the strategy, which is like really proactive, a great quality in an employee. And finally, on this note and on this tip, uh, asking what do I have to do to get you to give me what I want is also a great way to find out that there is no more room for you to grow, that what you want is never going to be available to you at this job. Uh, And you don't have to languish for months or years thinking or hoping that things might change. Ask the direct questions, set the expectations, and get ahead by learning the lesson that there is not always a way to get ahead in your current job or your current path. And that is when you might have to make a move. So that's all I have to say about that. Coming up next, good things come to those who delegate. Now, I want to be honest with you guys. I have a hard time delegating. I'm one of those people who is a perfectionist. I've talked about that on the podcast before, and I'm sort of a, you know, if you want it done right, give it to me kind of person. And it also gives me just the heebie-jeebies to think about delegating a task to someone else and having it not turn out exactly to my specifications. But I also know, thankfully, that that is a bad and inefficient and ultimately less productive way to be. And there's nothing I want more in the world than to be efficient and productive. So I am constantly reminding myself that sometimes you just need to be able to delegate. And if not giving a fuck means not caring about and therefore spending your fuck bucks on doing certain things, um, getting your shit together is more about making what you have to do easier and less stressful. And this is a great uh, entry into a subset of Adulting 101 good things come to those who delegate. So here are four ways to think about delegating and how to do it. The first and most obvious is assigning a task to someone other than you. If you're an entry-level worker, this may not be on your radar anytime soon, uh, but we'll get to ways that you can delegate as well. But if you are already, you know, secure in your job, maybe you have an assistant of your own or just a colleague that you can assign something to, or if you're like a busy parent who would like to assign the task of picking up their own goddamn toys to your children once a day or once a week, you have the power to assign those tasks. You should use it. 
Another way to delegate that might feel a little bit less uh, emotionally fraught for you and could be used at any level of the pecking order is simply to ask for help in exchange for future help. So you're not assigning a task to a coworker or somebody who is above you, but you are asking them to do something, to do a task uh, that you might not feel capable of or don't have time for right this very moment. But in the ask, you also offer to help them with something that you do feel capable of doing or that you do have time for or offer a future favor. That is a way to delegate now, give yourself a chance to catch up or learn new skills or whatever, whatever you need to do, and then be able to return the favor at a later date. A third way of delegating is, and this is this is a good one, guys, just accept help when it's offered. I know, it sounds crazy, but you can totally do it. You know, if you're overloaded and somebody notices that, whether it's your assistant or your coworker or your spouse or the UPS guy, and they offer to take something off your plate, just just say yes. Just say thank you. You've delegated. How easy was that? And last but not least, my fourth tip for delegating, and this is kind of a sneaky one, is stop asking for extra work. Just don't raise your hand. You have enough to do. Let other people ask for the extra work. And in doing that, you have successfully pre-delegated. So you don't even have to go back and take those other three tips that I just gave you. Just, Just put your hand down. Just Put your eyes to the ground. Just let somebody else be the teacher's pet for one day. You have got enough on your plate. Pre-delegate. All right, guys, how we doing? We feel like we're getting pretty good at adulting, just being a fucking adult. Uh, I'm going to move on to adulting in your home life in a minute, but I just want to remind you that once a month on the podcast, I do an audio advice column called You Asked For It. And you can submit your questions to me at podcast at nofucksgivenguides.com. They're all anonymous, but I choose, you know, anywhere from like five to seven listener questions each month. And I respond to them on the podcast. So you can listen to prior You Asked For It episodes uh, number four, number eight, 12, 16. And coming up next week is number 20. So if you want me to answer your question and give you some advice on the No Fucks Given podcast, Email podcast at nofucksgivenguides.com and you might be on the next episode of You Asked For It. Okay, moving on to how to be a fucking adult. And again, I, I am speaking this advice with recent grads in mind, those of you who are moving out of dorms or even those who have not necessarily graduated from anything except for living with your parents. Uh, But it is always useful for the already adults among us to take heed, which is that you might want to have a nice home. You know, who doesn't want to have a nice home? And that might mean filling it with things that you enjoy. It might mean, you know, being a responsible budgeter who can every once in a while procure an item uh, that makes you really happy. It might mean cleaning it and keeping it that way. Uh, It's also possible that you can admit to yourself right now that you don't give a fuck about having a clean house and save yourself years of feeling like a bad, wrong, underperforming adult by just, you know, accepting that you do you and moving forward and spending your fuck budget on other things. 
But for the purposes of this episode, I want to talk a little bit about just maintaining a nice home, uh, whether it's for the first time or whether this is something you've been struggling with. And for those of you who haven't picked up uh, on this fact yet, my first book, The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck, was originally written as an affectionate parody of a best-selling Japanese tidying guide called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Uh, And physical decluttering, as per the author of that book, Marie Kondo, is very simple. You discard and then you organize. The key is you need to put yourself into a habit. Make it easy on yourself. I understand that not everybody enjoys cleaning as much as I do. For me, it's actually kind of a stress reliever. Um, But if you make it easier on yourself by developing a routine or a habit, then you can have that nice home that you desire and it doesn't have to be difficult. So to take a little nugget of advice from another famous self-help writer, Gretchen Rubin, whose one-minute rule I like to follow, if it's something that can be accomplished in one minute, just do it. Don't put it off. You know, if there are six pairs of shoes by the door and your house is neater and tidier and more pleasant to be in when there's only one or two, scoop up those four pair and put them away in the closet. It cannot possibly take you more than one minute to do this. And voila, you have adulted. So now just to combine uh, three gurus with three really useful strategies for keeping a nice home, uh, if it feels overwhelming to you, if this is your first time out, or if you've been at this game for a while and you just can't seem to make it work, my advice is to break it down into small, manageable chunks. Develop a routine, develop a habit, Monday is for kitchen, Wednesday is for bathroom, And hey, if you have a partner or a roommate or some kids, feel free to delegate some of those small manageable chunks to them. Gretchen Rubin's advice is if you can do it in one minute, then do it right away. And Marie Kondo would urge you to discard the things that don't bring you joy and then organize your life around what you have left. And I don't know about you, but six pairs of shoes piled up in front of the door does not bring me joy. Next up, I want to talk about some advanced adulting, and that is not merely maintaining your home, but someday improving it. You should know, for example, that HGTV is lying to you and entire homes do not get renovated in seven days, no matter how badly the fancy contractors on your uh, TV screen want you to believe that. But you can do it. Uh, Getting your shit together for big stuff like a home improvement project is just getting your shit together for small, manageable chunks over and over again. And coming up next, I'm going to give you some advice on how to tackle that kind of thing. So as I said, HGTV is lying to you. Home improvement projects are not easy and they don't happen overnight or even in the period of time that you thought or hoped they would or that your contractor told you they would. Um, Just some advice from one adult to some future adults. That never happens. Uh, So you can break them down into small, manageable chunks. One of those could be hiring a contractor. Uh, Perhaps you don't have the resources or inclination to hire a contractor, and this is going to be all DIY. One of your steps could just be choosing paint colors. You know, that's an afternoon chore that's pretty reasonable uh, that you can get done and then come home and take a nap or 
have a Gatorade or watch some TV and, you know, feel pretty good about yourself having accomplished a small, manageable chunk. You can create a Pinterest account for all of your ideas for your mood board for your home renovation project. You could start looking into light switch covers. Um, Another small, manageable chunk could be deciding that you don't give a fuck about light switch covers and moving on with your life. If you did get a contractor, uh, one small, manageable chunk in your process could be sending a strongly worded email one day to your contractor about their lack of progress and your questions thereupon. You could go to Target and buy a cute throw pillow. And another thing you could do is throw it at your contractor. And uh, as someone who's gone through several home renovation projects in the last uh, 15 or 20 years, it is fun for me to make jokes about your contractor. But on the other hand, as I said, I do know that not everybody can afford to go that route. And just remember that part of being an adult is managing your fuck budget. And that's not only your money, but it's your time and energy, too. So if there's something you really want to accomplish to improve your home, improve your surroundings, whether it's just reorganizing a closet or it's doing, you know, a family room in the garage or whatever, uh, it is your responsibility to cull your fuck bucks, your time, energy and money and reallocate them where they are needed. So, you know, if you need to do these projects yourself, then you have to find the time and energy to do them. Um, However, I will say this, and again, the caveat that I understand that not everybody can afford it, but if you can, acknowledging that sometimes you just got to get a guy for that is a real step forward in adulting. And by that, I mean, not just, you know, not spending buttloads of money on a contractor to direct your entire process, But if you have a task that needs doing that you are really not capable of doing yourself or that it would take a greater outlay of time and energy and maybe some money spent making mistakes on it before you got it right, then you really want to spend, you can hire a professional. You know, you hire a tailor to hem your pants so that your pants do not accidentally turn into capris. You hire a plumber to get your toilet right because not having your toilet right is a is a big problem in your day to day life. Experts tend to get things right on the first try, and that is more efficient for everyone. Now, that said, if you feel like you can't afford to hire an expert, is there something that you are an expert in that you could barter service for service? This is especially useful among friends or Do you know where to go for the best free advice? Uh, You know, go to thewirecutter.com to help you narrow down appliances that you might want to buy because you don't have the additional uh, money in your budget to get a designer to do that for you. Um, Go to the highest rated putting IKEA shit together YouTube guy so that you can put together your entire apartment's worth of ikea stuff correctly on the first try Uh, there are lots of ways to obtain the services of a professional that don't have to be outrageously expensive and like i said sometimes you need to know your own limits in order to be an adult you need to know when it's time to throw up your hands and say i just can't do that myself or trying to do that myself Uh, is a fool's errand and maybe go and find somebody who can do it for you for whatever compensation level 
you can give them and they are willing to receive. Oftentimes, having your shit together means admitting that you don't have it together in some areas and you never will. You get your shit together by getting out of your own way. I think that is a very important life lesson. Uh, And moving forward, since I've talked to you about getting your shit together at work, being an adult on the home front, I'd like to address something that might be a little bit more pleasant in your ears for the next few minutes, which is downtime. Um, You're an adult now, and where's your fucking downtime? I went over this a bit in episode six of the No Fucks Given podcast, but it bears repeating here, and that is me time is a right, not a privilege. And if you are suddenly short on me time and free time because you don't live in a dorm anymore with a breakfast bong at your service, you are going to need to build it in. That's what adults do. Remember earlier when I talked about keeping a tidy home as the process of building good habits and getting into routines? You can also develop habits and develop routines that revolve around your relaxation time, your downtime, your me time, your hobbies. Uh, Another NFG tip I gave in a prior podcast was you got to lobby for your hobby. And by that, I mean you have to schedule it in. And maybe you didn't have to do that before. Like I said, maybe you had fewer responsibilities and free time was just a given. But if this is something that you are worried about hanging on to in your new adult life, or if you are an adult who has lost your way and has realized that they have no me time or free time anymore, then please take me up on this suggestion and schedule it in. You know, the way that your calendar gets overcrowded is when you overcrowd it. So stop doing that and make sure that you have an hour or an afternoon or a day, whether that's once a week or once a month, to do the stuff that you want and need to do for yourself in order to be a well-rested and functioning member of society for everybody else who needs shit from you every hour of the goddamn day going forward because that's what adulthood is. Like I said, I have touched on that in previous episodes, but something I haven't talked about yet on the No Fucks Given podcast, which I think slots in well for this week's theme, is guarding your creative time. Um, I'm not really just talking about hobbies here. I'm kind of speaking to people who have creative pursuits, you know, music, art, writing, that are probably destined for a little while at least to fall by the wayside when they are trying to launch a career that is perhaps not in those creative arts uh, or any kind of bill-paying job path uh, that you are faced with for perhaps the very first time. And you still want to have time for these creative pursuits, but those don't pay the bills and you know it. Uh, and what I have to say here, and it's a little bit of a little bit of a blunt wake-up call, but novels don't write themselves. You know, guitars don't gently weep on command. Uh, painting a grove of happy trees is not as easy as Bob Ross makes it look. If you want to keep doing that stuff, then you have to stop aspiring to do it, and you have to actually do it. So, once again, I think you need to make time to schedule it in, just like you would to schedule in your downtime 
your relaxation time, your hobbies, you know, maybe a hobby could be more like playing golf, but uh, a creative pursuit is something that maybe you can't schedule in quite so rigorously as you could, you know, any one weekend you'd be up for a round of golf uh, or mini golf, you know, whatever floats your boat, because the inspiration has to come to you. Fine. Maybe your creativity can't be forced, but you can commit to new good habits and new good routines where you take, you know, a short window to note down inspiration when it strikes you so that you can work it in to future time you have scheduled to pursue this creative activity. I do this all the time. A lot of times I'm laying in bed and I have an idea for a podcast segment or I have an idea for an essay for the new book I'm working on. And I just can't get it up to get out of bed and and start working on it at that very moment because I value my sleep. Uh, But I do force myself to note it down, you know, stick it in my iPhone notes. um, And that way I have it for the next available time when I've set aside to do that activity. Now, for me, it also happens to be my job. uh, But I think that the advice is pretty universal for anybody who's pursuing, you know, as I said, writing, art, music, these things that we love to do that don't necessarily pay the bills, that aren't necessarily foremost in our calendar scheduling for various reasons. But if we get better at allowing ourselves brief periods of time to note down that inspiration, to record ideas that we had so that we can, with some notice, schedule in an appropriate amount of time to explore them, then I think that's a really good habit and routine to get into. But there is another side of the creativity coin, and that is finding a way to believe that these creative pursuits are worthy of your time. And a lot of us can get beaten down day in and day out, feeling like we should just give up on this. It's not worthy because it's not making us any money or it's not worthy because we're not getting a claim for it. Um, And it's really important to convince yourself that these pursuits that give you so much enjoyment and pleasure and fulfillment have value in those ways, even if they don't, you know, amount to a pile of shekels in your bank account, that the creative process itself is the reward. And this can be really hard for anyone who is trying to make a living or who's conditioned to be productive. You have to find the time, you have to make the time, and you have to grant yourself permission to use it. So a tip for all of you creatives out there uh, who are trying to figure out a way to work your creative time into your adult time, uh, join a writing group, join a figure drawing class, something like that that will reinforce the idea that this creative work has value since, look, lots of other people are doing it. They must think it has value. Uh, And it's also useful for developing, like I said, a routine, a schedule, and accountability when it comes to continuing with your creative pursuits. So I hope that was somewhat helpful in giving you perspective on all the kinds of things that you deserve to have in your life of adulthood that may feel a little bit out of reach in the beginning. Things like alone time and downtime and relaxation and time to pursue your hobbies and time to pursue your creative endeavors. I'm going to move on into the last kind of segment of this episode before the NFG tip of the week, 
And that's what I'm calling Life's a Pitch, Five Curveballs and How to Swing at Them. On a personal note, I have just had a series of experiences that incorporates uh, at least three of these five curveballs that I'm about to talk about. When I was 19 years old, I got my tongue pierced, uh, and it probably cost about 30 bucks to get it done. And then about seven, eight, nine years later, it cost $700 to fix the broken tooth that happened when I chomped down on my tongue stud. Um, and fast forward another, I don't know, I'm not very good at math, but like maybe another eight, nine years. And I broke that tooth again at the beginning of the pandemic. And I have been engaged in a series of tragicomic uh, visits to various dentists and endodontists in various countries at this point to help fix the just complete fucking shit show that is going on with my upper back molar. Um, but that's what being adult is about. You know, life is going to throw you these curveballs and your parents aren't going to be around or your babysitter's not going to be around to deal with them on your behalf. So the curveballs are the unusual expense. Uh, this is something that comes up that you were not prepared for, you were not expecting, and you have to find a way around it. And I want to be really sensitive to the fact that there are some folks out there who simply cannot afford an unusual expense. The consequences for them will be dire. However, anything you can do to prepare yourself for something like that will benefit you in the long run. For example, as adults, we start getting invited to a lot of weddings and you may have to rent a tux. So if you're looking into your budget for the month or for the first six months of any particular year and you realize you've got a few weddings coming up and that you're going to need to lay out some cash uh, to meet the dress code, if that's your thing, if you want to show up in a bathrobe, you do you. I don't fucking care. Um, you know, then you're going to have to work that in. And those are unusual expenses that when you were a kid, your parents probably floated for you. Same goes for parking tickets and late fees, the kinds of potentially inconsequential expenses that adults in your life may have taken care of for you up until now. But either you have to follow some of my get your shit together tips to not accrue parking tickets and late fees, or you got to be pretty quick on the draw to eliminate those unexpected additional expenses from your life before they get worse. Because not paying a parking ticket only gets more expensive every day that you don't pay it. The second curveball is the doctor's appointment. Your mom used to make those for you, and now you have to make them for yourself. And sometimes we're talking about an unexpected doctor's appointment, you know, the kinds of things where you might have been an adult for 20 years, but it's time for the first mammogram now that you're 40. And you have to suck it up and you have to make these appointments and you have to show up at them because that's what being an adult is all about. You really shouldn't hem and haw about this kind of stuff, you know, oh, I work in an open plan office and it's embarrassing to make the call. Uh, I'm sure you can go outside in a stairwell or around the corner of your building and spend 10 minutes on the phone scheduling your proctology exam. You can do it. Be an adult. The third one is a curveball that I sincerely hope you have avoided, which is an expired passport or other form of ID. Uh, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. And definitely do not be halfway to the Canadian border if your passport is expired. 
you have to keep an eye on shit that expires. You know, back in the day, your parents got that renewed for you. Back in the day, your teachers reminded you when you needed to get a new school ID. But now that you're an adult, you have to do it for yourself. So maybe just take five minutes right now and go rifling through your wallet and looking at the expiration dates on your driver's license, uh, your passport. Make sure you got your health insurance card in there. And if you don't, figure out a way to fix that shit ASAP. The fourth one is not so much a curveball, but again, something you might not have been used to doing. Uh, And I think it's really important, and it's my podcast, so I'm going to tell you straight. Start writing thank you notes. Even if they're just thank you emails, that's fine. But if you can write hard copy thank you notes, first of all, you can get away with a lot if you are a person who writes thank you notes. There's a lot of shit that people will forgive you for if you are the kind of person who writes regular thank you notes in life. This is a habit that one hopes the people who raised you might have gotten you into earlier in life, but perhaps they did not. Um, And there is no time like the present to get started. Set aside some time, get into a habit, write your goddamn thank you notes. And finally, a fifth curveball that life might throw at you is somewhat related to unexpected doctor's appointments. And this is the annoying chore. Um, For me, this usually involves going to the post office. I hate the post office. I have had so many bad experiences at various locations of U.S., post offices. Uh, I have cried in post offices. But if you put this off and you do not do it, and suddenly at the last minute you have this $2 birthday card for your grandfather that's going to cost you $30 to priority overnight because you just didn't suck it up and do the annoying chore when you realized you had to do it, uh, it's going to cost you so much more in the long run. Time, energy, dignity, So if you've got an annoying chore to do, welcome to adulthood. Get it done. Put it in the rear view. Thank me later. Also, tell your grandpa I said happy birthday. And coming up soon, your NFG tip of the week. This is a short and sweet one. And first, a quick recap of everything we've talked about today. Being an adult in the workforce, especially when you have just entered into it, involves gaining confidence. And one way you can do that is engaging in confidence cosplay. Look around you, identify the confident people who seem to have their shit together, and act like them. Another tip, ask literally what do you have to do to get someone, be it a boss, a client, or your very own assistant, to get them to give you what you want. I gave you some tips for getting your shit together and being an adult on the home front, too, mostly regarding making that home front a pleasant and enjoyable place to be, maintaining it and improving it. Don't forget, you can always get a guy for that. You can barter experience for experience, and you can go on YouTube and find out how to do just about anything. It is truly a wonderland out there. Uh, We also talked about downtime, protecting it, scheduling it in, and more specifically for some of you out there, protecting your creative time, those pursuits that you want to continue to engage in even now that you are a functioning member of society who doesn't have time to sit around all day and strum on your beat-up old guitar to figure out how that one Eric Clapton song goes because you got to get up and go to work. There are ways around that. And finally, there are ways around those curveballs that life will throw at you. 
the unexpected expense, the unpleasant doctor's appointment, the annoying chore, all of these things can be dealt with and dispatched with a modicum of time, energy, and money if you treat them like an adult instead of like a big, big baby. And now for your NFG tip of the week. This is one of my favorites. I know I always say that, but this is one that I take literally every single day of my own life. Get your sheets together. And by that, I mean protect your sleep, friends. I know you may have just gotten out of high school or college or whatever, and you think you're young and invincible. Or maybe you're like a medium blend adult who can't figure out why you're so fucking exhausted every day. Uh, It's because you're not getting enough sleep. If you are an adult of any stripe who is burning the candle at both ends and is not even giving themselves the opportunity to get that sweet, sweet eight hours, I am giving you permission to choose sleep. If you have to choose sleep over the last thing on your to-do list, if you have to choose sleep over practicing that guitar, if you have to choose sleep over getting together with your friends, choose sleep every time. You are going to be a more productive person and a happier person and a healthier person if you get your sheets together by getting all the sleep you need. And also, literally get your sheets together and make your bed every day. You're an adult. This is just good adult form. And that's going to do it for episode 19 of the No Fucks Given podcast. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I would appreciate you even a smidgen more if you liked what you heard and wanted to give me a rating or a review. Uh, Don't forget, you can visit nofucksgivenguides.com for the show notes on the podcast, downloads, more info about my books, including, of course, Get Your Shit Together, and to sign up for my newsletter, my No Fucks Given newsletter, which I send once a month. So if you sign up now, you will get the June issue. And until next week, I'm Sarah Knight. No fucks given, not sorry. Sorry.